That was, I could listen to that all day. Yeah. Aren't you thankful for your Redeemer today? Amen. That's what we're all about here is, uh, man, we have something to be excited about as Christians. Amen? Amen. And we have a Redeemer, and his name is Jesus Christ. And Paul the Apostle, of course, has been sharing this amazing gospel of the kingdom with all those who were in Rome. And uh, we have been, we've been actually, uh, I guess you would say, going very slowly through the book of Romans for a reason, though. And uh, today I'm just going to touch briefly on that, but we're going to take a little break from Romans for about six or seven weeks as we uh, move to something I believe that is critical for us as Christians, but not only that, before our own church and for the body of Christ. And that is going to be teach us to pray. And so we're going to spend about seven weeks as we look at what prayer is and why is it that prayer is so critical for each of us who are in Christ Jesus. Um, and we're going to get a perspective on prayer as we begin this series. So let's go to the Lord in prayer. And glad that each of you are here today. And let's, let's ask God to, to teach us this morning. Father God, we want to thank you, Lord, for the privilege of being here today with the body of Christ. I want to thank you for this church. I believe this is one of the most exciting churches around, Father. Um, and it's not because of anything we are, but because of who you are. Every church should be the most exciting thing around. Father, we thank you for this amazing salvation. Lord, I thank you for every person that is here that, is, that has come to know you. God, that has been brought from the kingdom of darkness, as it says in Colossians, Paul writing. And we've been brought into the kingdom of the glorious Son. Lord, thank you, God, for this immense gift of grace through Christ Jesus, that we have come to know this salvation this gospel, good news of the kingdom of God. And Lord, we're mindful this morning that there are those that are listening by radio. There are those that are watching, Father, even now on the live stream, God, that, uh, that may not know the truth of the gospel of the kingdom, the good news. And so, God, we're praying, Lord, that, that you would minister to not only us here, that you'd be our teacher, but you would do the same for each and every one. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. All right. <clears throat> well, you know, Paul has been, uh, been, been very articulately uh, teaching those in Rome about this gospel, this good news. And um, the, the incredible news of the gospel um, is, is what we are really excited about as Christians because we have come to know this gospel, this good news. And that is this, that at all humans, Paul makes it clear, everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We learned that in Adam all have sinned. We talked about last week the old man, and we talked about the new man. In the fact that we are a new creation in Christ Jesus, as Paul goes on to share in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, that there's something incredible that has happened when we think about the picture of baptism in Romans chapter 6, that we have been buried with Christ in baptism and we have been raised now to walk in new life, that there is a new birth, that there is new life that has taken place. And all of this uh, amazing gift of grace is in order that we could be reconciled to God through which we were separated through Adam's sin and through our sin. We know that in Adam all sinned, for all died. But we also know that that we were guilty of sin ourselves. And because of the sacrifice or the atonement of Christ Jesus, we now have been made right with God through the shedding of his blood. He has given us his imputed righteousness. 
We received imputed sin from Adam, but in Christ, the last man, we have received his imputed righteousness. That means we are righteous before God, not based on our merit, but on the merit and on the work of Christ Jesus in giving of his own life, shedding of his blood. But praise God, he didn't stay in the tomb. In fact, he overcame death, and he was victorious over death, hell, and the grave. And for every Christian that is in Christ Jesus, we will never die. The truth is no one really ever dies. This body may, 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 may die, but our spirit will go on forever for all eternity. That is the truth. Now, I know there are those within um, the circles of thinking and thought today, especially among those who are atheistic in their view, do not believe in a God. But that is not the truth. God is God. He is the creator of all things. He is, has always been, always will be. He is never, he is not, never been. He's always been. And this God had a perfect plan before time ever began. Not on plan B, not on plan C. He wasn't taken back because Adam fell. He knew all this was going to happen, but it was part of his plan of redemption. And God has worked that out in the sending of his son at just the right time. God came in flesh, and he made a way for sinful man to be brought back into relationship with God. That is the good news of the gospel. But more importantly is this kingdom thought and mentality. You know, the Bible talks about being in the world but not being of the world. The Bible talks a lot about the kingdom of God. What is the kingdom of heaven? What is the kingdom of God? And as we as Christians, if we can begin to grasp this whole mindset and the truth about the kingdom of God, it will change your life in the way that you live life here now. Because you'll understand why Jesus Christ did what he did and why you now are in this amazing kingdom. It's amazing. Now, if we were not to be a part of doing anything in the kingdom... Then, then, then God would have probably just taken us all home at the moment of salvation. But God has a purpose in his church, in every believer, in the building of his kingdom. That's what we are here for. That's what this church is here for. By the way, this building is not the church. You know that, don't you? You are the church. That's who the church is. This is just a place where we come gather up. This is not the church. You are the church. And so when we think about these events coming up, what is this all about? This is about the kingdom of God. This is about the kingdom of heaven. This is about the gospel of the kingdom that we are going to share with others about the good news of being brought into the kingdom of the glorious son. And it is forever and ever and ever and ever. It's eternal. So I know that we are busy and are somewhere within Christianity we've lost the power of the kingdom, the message of the kingdom. We've lost the power of the message of the gospel. The truth is, this is what this whole thing is all about. It is the good news of the kingdom of God. How many of you know this to be true? Life is short. Man, it's short, isn't it? I, I kind of like to go back to living, you know, 800 years, you know, <laughs> and staying young for eight, not 799 of those 800 years would be my choice, right? Oh, let's just stay the whole 800. Let's forget this thing getting older. But the truth is, life is passing by quickly. Why? Because this kingdom is not going to last here on earth. And we know this to be the truth. But somehow, we have been taught or we've believed a lie that this kingdom here is what really matters. But that's not true. It's the kingdom of God that matters. It's the kingdom of heaven that matters. 
somebody might say, well, John, what do you, what do you expect us all to do? You know, just retire and go, to, and, and go to the Bible college and become a pastor? Are you kidding? <clears throat> no, that's not what this is all about. Every single one of us in Christ are an ambassador for Jesus Christ, for the kingdom. Everyone has different gifts, and God uses them differently in different places, but nobody's more. We're all in this together. Think about this. If, if you're in the cowboy world, you get a call from a rancher, and he says, I need you all to show up here. Bring your horses. Bring all your gear. And he, and he wants you to show up at the ranch early in the morning. And you get there, and um, you don't even unload your horse. You get out of your pickup. You've got your cup of coffee in your hand. And the cows, they make themselves and their way into the pen by themselves. They even unlock and open the gate, right? They do. They sort themselves, right? Cows over here, calves over here, right? That's what they do. They work themselves. You can just see them hooves trying to pull out, you know, I mean, they work themselves. They sort the dries from the wets. They do everything. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they open the gate, turn themselves back out. Some of you are going over here. Some of you, it's all done. They do it all. And he says, thank you all for showing up appreciate it, and you leave and go back home. How crazy is that? That is very crazy, right? There's some people might live in that world, but I don't live there, okay? But anyway, that's what we kind of have been taught about the kingdom of God. That really, God is doing all this stuff, and we don't have any part in any of this. God just says, let me tell you all something. I'm going to do this incredible gift of mercy and grace in your life. And you all just kind of show up and watch it all happen. That's not how this works. When we get a perspective on the kingdom, do you realize that it is imperative for every believer in Christ that we know and understand that God is using his church to accomplish his will in heaven on the earth? He didn't save you to show up and watch the cattle work themselves. He called you there because the cattle can't work themselves. He called you because he needs a working group of individuals that will accomplish the will of the master. You have been invited to the most incredible calling in all eternity. I want you to understand this. You are so critical to the kingdom of God. And if we can get our understanding around this, that God chose, I don't know why he's done this, because he could make the cattle come into the pen. He could have the cattle work them. He could do it all, but God says, no, that's not my plan. My plan is that when Jesus says, I'm going to go back to the Father, he leaves it with some co common, ordinary individuals. I would not have left my entire kingdom plan to these 11 guys. You hear me? Wouldn't have happened. But that was God's plan. And these men were, were, were really fearful. They, they were not bold. Peter, you say, well, Peter was bold. No, Peter just opened his mouth too much. Right? That's not boldness. That's probably ignorance. But something changed in these 11 men. When in Acts chapter 2, something incredible happened. Jesus promised his disciples in John, 
There towards the end, he says, listen, the Holy Spirit has been with you, but he will be in you. In Acts chapter 2, something amazing happens. He says, listen, guys, and let's just go here. If you go to Acts chapter 1, I want you to go here just quickly. We're going to look at this. We're going to kind of pick up where we left off Wednesday night. We're doing this also on Wednesday night. But I want us to get a perspective here of why in the world would prayer be so critical? Could it be that prayer ultimately is about God's kingdom? And it's ultimately about God's will being done on earth as it is in heaven. If it wasn't, then why in the world would men and women leave ordinary ways of life, fly 22 hours halfway around the world to share with people this gospel of the kingdom. Couldn't God just save them all? You see how critical you are? How important you are in the kingdom of God? Very, very important. You say, John, why would you want us, this whole big group here, to be here when we're doing these events? Why? Because God needs you to be here to build his kingdom. You say, well, why in the world would God want to use me? I still ask God that question. I don't understand. Because God's sovereign plan is at work. This is how God's chosen to build the church. This is how God has chosen to build the kingdom. He does it through his body. You remember what the Bible says that Christ is the head and we are the body? See, the will of God in heaven is trying, he is going to be done here on earth, but it's, it's not just going to be snap your fingers and it's done. He's doing it through the body of Christ. He's doing it through you. In fact, wherever you work, I don't, it doesn't matter if you're horseback every morning of the week or you're working in the mail department down here for the public mail, mail service. It makes no difference. It's, it's all about where God has placed you because you're his body. It is, you're an ambassador for him. You think, you say, God's, he wants to use me no matter where I am. Absolutely. It doesn't matter if you're a teacher. It doesn't matter if you work for the sanitation department. It doesn't matter if you, if you serve Chick-fil-A sandwiches, which I love Chick-fil-A sandwiches. It makes no difference. I just said I love chicken, didn't I? Well, that didn't work very well. But I do. I love that chicken, all right? I think there's beef mixed in there somewhere. But anyway, this is the incredible thing. God needs you. He wants to use you. Are you available? See, he says, for everyone in Christ is a new creation. Things change. All of a sudden, we become aware of a new kingdom. That we are the light of the world. We're a city on a hill. We're the salt of the earth. Jesus has called us to be his hands and feet, his body. That's what, we're, that's what we're to do. And we are to go into this world and share with them the good news of the kingdom. Why? Because if they don't know Christ, they're in the kingdom of darkness. And they will never die, listen to me, but they will live forever. And they're going to live in one of two places. They're either going to live in eternity, in the splendor and glory, and the majesty of God's kingdom, and he's going to establish his literal kingdom one day on earth as it's completely redone. And we are going to rule and reign with Christ the King. That's what we are going to do. But for everyone outside the kingdom of God, they are going to be 
not only going to die, but they're going to experience the second death. And for all eternity, they will spend their lives separated from God. They are going to be in torment in all kinds of terrible things, cast into the lake of fire, it says. It's going to be horrible. And so why would God do all that he's done in bringing his son, dying, God in flesh, dying for mankind? (laughs) This amazing, why would he do all this? Because he wishes that no man would perish. And I want to say this, God's not sending anyone to hell. He's not. The only way you're going to get there is if you wanted to go there. Because the gospel has been provided for you. But listen, how does the gospel go out? Right here. AJ talking to a pilot, flying at 30,000 feet over this unbelievable globe called Earth. (laughs) Every day he has a different perspective than I have. You see the, the, the majesty of God's creation AJ there in the cockpit while everybody's back there listening to a baby ball. He's up there. And what is he doing? Isn't this incredible? I left and it was raining and cloudy. But I am in the sunlight now. Look at God's creation. You looked at it at 30,000 feet? It makes you feel pretty dinky. God's perspective. God's perspective is not about my kingdom. God's entire perspective has always been and always will be about his kingdom. And you have been invited through Christ to be used by God in a supernatural way through the Holy Spirit of God indwelling you that God's kingdom in heaven will be done on earth and that his will in heaven will be done on earth and that when people come to know the gospel of Jesus Christ, the good news, do you know that you don't need to bring them here for them to hear that? That you have that in yourself. You're needed in the kingdom. You're needed. You're needed in bad. People are all talking about how Billy Graham did. Listen, Billy Graham was just a man. That's all he was. That's it. But he was about the kingdom. There's a lot of people building the kingdom of God whose name will never be mentioned here on earth, but they will one day in heaven. Listen, we don't want to miss this. So in Acts chapter 1, I'm trying to help us see this, that perspective on prayer begins to change when you start realizing that it's about God's kingdom. Could it be this model of prayer that Christ gave us in Luke 11 and Matthew chapter 6 is far greater than what we realize? I've said this more than once. It must have been incredible to watch Jesus pray. It must have been incredible for his disciples to watch Jesus pray. A few months ago, some of us went to Israel. And you can cross from the old city across the Kidron Valley. You make your way down and you go up on the other side. You're headed east. And over there on the Mount of Olives, there's a garden. You can go there yourself. And for many, they believe that this is the very place that Jesus Christ prayed before he went to the cross, before they came and got him. They literally have olive trees there that are 2,000 years old. You and I and five or six people couldn't get our arms around them. And right there in that garden, I can imagine with the disciples, think about the things these disciples saw for over three years of their life in ministry following Christ. He told them over and over and over and over about this kingdom 
And you know what they were doing? They were arguing over who's going to be best and highest in the kingdom. <laughs> they even called their mama on the job. Hey, would you talk to Jesus? Let him know that we want to sit on the left and the right hand. <laughs> they didn't understand. Israel is still waiting. Do you see why this is so critical? Israel's still waiting for the kingdom to come. They're waiting for the Messiah. He will come in the form of the Antichrist. He's coming. Their Messiah has already come. They just rejected their Messiah. If you go to Israel now, they're still waiting on the Messiah. And they're serious about the Messiah. They're waiting on him. He's going to come. The false Messiah is going to come. And then the king of glory will come back again one day. Not as the lamb who was slain. He will come back as the king of glory, the judge of the world. And he will come back and take care of his people, Israel. It's going to happen. Things are setting themselves up quickly for that. But it's, it's moving that direction. So the disciples themselves, watching Jesus pray, they had to begin to grasp this thing because they would watch Jesus. Um, he would oftentimes get away and spend moments away in prayer alone. Uh, and, and why would Jesus be doing this? Why did Jesus often separate himself from all the people, go off by himself up on a hillside, and why would he spend time in prayer? And then Jesus makes some really interesting comments when those that, that saw his miracles, like the demoniacs being set free, do you know there's people that, are, that have demons in them today? Do you know that stuff's just as real as I'm standing here? Uh, the blind would see. The deaf would hear. And people from all over the region would bring their sick, and Jesus would heal every single one of them. And they would say, you need to stay here with us, Jesus. And Jesus would say this, I need to go and preach the gospel of the kingdom to other cities for that is why I was sent. They'd say, man, Jesus, your teaching is unbelievable. You know what he'd say? I don't say anything that I don't hear the Father saying. Your miracles are absolutely mind-blowing, Jesus. I don't do anything that I don't see the Father doing. Jesus says, I didn't come here to do my will, but I came here to do the will of the father who has sent me and over and over in the new testament we hear this over and over and over jesus speaking about this kingdom in fact in the new testament if you do a word study you're going to find that the word kingdom is mentioned over a is over 150 times this word kingdom is mentioned in the new testament 109 of those times jesus spoke of them in the gospels if your bible's red lettered you're going to find that oh and 100 over 109 times you're going to find that christ spoke about the kingdom of god or the kingdom of heaven that's what jesus spoke about you know some people say well john that, that was only for the for the nation of israel it's not for the for the gentiles that's not true why is that not true because we know that 29 times the apostle paul talks about the kingdom of heaven we know that in Acts chapter 8, verse 12, in Samaria, in Samaria, Philip, just a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, it says, but when they believed Philip as he preached the good news of the kingdom of God. Over and over and over again, we hear this about the kingdom. If you have your Bibles in Acts chapter 1, I'll show you something here that is powerful. Why is prayer so important? We need to know what God needs us to do when it relates to his kingdom. Acts chapter 1, let me read just a few verses here. Let's start in verse, um, we'll start in verse 1. In my former book, 
Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven. This is Luke. Luke was not one of the apostles. He wrote the book of Luke. He also wrote Acts. He was a doctor. He was a physician. I don't know how anybody read his writing. Uh, maybe he wrote better than most doctors do, right? Then it says this, until the day he was taken up into heaven, after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. After his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. And what did he do? And spoke to them about the kingdom. As a believer in Christ, if all of our efforts, time, talent, energy, and resources is to be built on this kingdom, it's not going to last. This is fading away quickly. But it's the kingdom of God that will last forever. That's why Jesus says things that are really odd like, store up for yourself treasures not on earth, but in heaven. Why? Because moth and rust and all that stuff's going to take that and rot it all away. He says, store it up in heaven. Why? Because it's going to last forever and remain there forever, for all eternity. And he makes a statement. He says, now where your heart is, where your treasure is, he says, there your heart's going to be also. The big lie and the big deception I think that's happened to, I believe, every single one of us, it happens to me, I can get hung up in that real quick, is that really my existence is about the kingdom here. But the lie is my existence now in Christ as the new man, the new life, is about his kingdom. Except the kingdom things here, they're not eternal, they don't last, but all the things about God's kingdom will last forever and ever and ever and ever. Think about how powerful this is. God has invited you and made a way for you to come and be reconciled to him. You stand before him in the grace of God. You've been invited to stand before him. You're a son or a daughter of the God of all creation. You have been adopted into his family. And now you have been invited to be an ambassador, to be used by God to build his kingdom and accomplish his will in the hearts of men and women. He's called you to something that was once dying and passing away, brought you into something now that will last forever. And what you're about here and what we're about here is this. We are about the eternal things. So when we have people show up here that have never heard the gospel, you say, John, that's not possible. Oh, it's possible. Some of the gospel you hear today is about Jesus being your genie. And man, if you want that Cadillac bad enough, just go down to the dealership. You claim it in the name of Jesus, set in it. If you want it, you tell God he has to give it to you according to his word. And they have twisted the gospel where it's all about your kingdom here. And God is to meet and build your stinking kingdom. That's the gospel that's preached a lot today. Just add a little Jesus to your life. You can't do that. He will be your life. And why would you not want him to be your life? 
Now listen. So God has invited you and me through the Holy Spirit to be used by him to take a person who is eternally dead, an enemy of God where we all once were, a stranger, a foreigner, to tell them of the good news of the gospel of the kingdom and what Christ has accomplished. And by faith in what Jesus Christ has done, by the drawing of the Holy Spirit, and we share the gospel with them, God in his own grace, mercy, and power brings that person to repentance and salvation. And from that moment on, we have just been a part of the greatest miracle of all miracles. Making someone see again is not the greatest miracle. Raising the dead, dude, that would, that's not the greatest miracle. Going to the hospital and curing every form of sickness and disease, it's not the greatest miracle. The greatest miracle is to take someone who was eternally dead and now they've been brought into new life and they will forever be eternally with God in his kingdom forever. You see this? So you and I have been called by God with this privilege that we are so privileged to share this gospel grace message. We're dealing with eternal things, not temporal things, eternal things. That's why we have teams like our arena team and all of our, what are we doing here? Eternal things, kingdom things. Do you understand? Do you see why you are so critical to the body of Christ? You go out from this place into this world of darkness and lostness and you have the light of the world living in you by the Holy Spirit. And he is using us to build his kingdom. That is incredible. You say, God would even use me? You don't know much of his grace, his love, and his mercy. Yes, God uses every one of us who will serve his kingdom purpose. What's greater than that? Nothing. Oh, I want you to understand how important you are in this kingdom business. When you are dealing with people, we think it's about the flesh and blood. It's not. We need eyes to see people the way Jesus Christ sees them. We need kingdom eyes. He says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we no longer look at anyone like the world. What's that mean? I now look at people with a kingdom perspective. I now see people that the grossness of their sin, I hate that, but they need to hear about the kingdom. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? That's why love is the greatest thing. God does not just love, God is love. So when we have these events, you all have been invited by Christ. He's placed you here. 
Why? So we can tell people about the kingdom. He's placed you in your jobs and you're working wherever you're working. It's so critical that you get this. It's not just to go make a check. <laughs> Thank goodness we get a check. Because you've been invited by God to build his kingdom. And you know what else? It's supernatural work. It blows my mind. It's the Holy Spirit working through us. It is like Christ living in us through his spirit. And supernatural things are happening. It's incredible. Let's pray. Oh, God, thank you for this church. Thank you for your church, God. I want to thank you for every Christian that is here today, Lord. Oh, God, if they could only understand how much you love them, your desire to work in their life, that you want to use them. You didn't save them just to watch the cattle come to the pen themselves and work themselves and sort themselves and sell themselves. And You've called us to be a using string, actively working, building your kingdom, being led by your spirit, which requires us to be in the word and be praying and listening to the king and watching you do supernatural kingdom things that are eternal. There's some people that we rub shoulders with every week that are right there on the precipice of, of, of eternity and we don't even know it. But oh God, when your Holy Spirit speaks to us to share the gospel of the good news, Lord, we know that's all your work, but you've given us the, the opportunity to be used by you in this, God. We don't save anyone, Lord. You do, but we have been given the privilege to be used by you as part of this. Oh God, don't let us miss this whole kingdom thing. And Lord, if there's anyone today that does not know Jesus Christ, love, forgiveness, mercy, and grace that has provided for them a way to be brought from darkness and sin, to be brought into the kingdom now, giving righteousness, forgiveness, and, and adoption, Lord, if there's anyone here that doesn't understand or now for the first time they understand this, Lord, today, God, if they just ask and cry out to you, Lord, I surrender myself to the king and to the kingdom. Would you take my life, take my sin, take it all. I receive you, Jesus Christ. Believe in your gospel, and I, I, I give you my life today. Lord, you will save them, God, and it's a miracle. They will be a new creation in Christ Jesus. Father, we love you today. Thank you for all that you've done in our lives. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.